Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. These are challenging times. Rocket Mortgage is prepared to help you. Should you need mortgage assistance, contact their team 24-7 at rocketmortgage.com. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. This wasn't how I was going to start out. This wasn't how I planned to start out yesterday. Now, I, I wanted to get to the best and worst fits for Colin Kaepernick if he is, is able to play again in the NFL. I think it's just a matter of time, but we'll talk about that coming up here in a second. I was thrown off yesterday – and we need to make sure that this is utterly important because I was thrown off yesterday and immediately you start to go, what, what, is, what is the problem? What is, what is going on now? Because we heap so much praise on him, folks. We heap so much praise. Major League Baseball's bickering over dollars where I, I agree, by the way, I agree it's the owner's fault. That doesn't mean i got to be thrown with the players either. I can be upset with both sides, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Jared Diamond will join us coming up at 1040 a.m. Eastern. We heap so much praise on the NBA because it, it just works so smoothly. And I'm thinking, gosh, through all this stuff, they, NBA players, and, and it just it's the vibe of the calls that we get. I get them locally. I get them here on this show. I get them every time we talk basketball, and every time we talk big picture basketball, there will be people, why are you talking basketball? Pampered athletes, whiny cry, they just they get in and it happens. And so that sticks in the back of your mind while you're talking NBA. I love the NBA. I love basketball. But that that sticks in the back of my mind. And so when that is back there and something like the coronavirus hits and, and sports goes away and now it seems that basketball, hey, we, we got a deal. And by the way, we've already been paid 90% of our salaries, most of us, so away we go. We're going to still play basketball. It's great, great. This is fantastic. This is fantastic for everybody. Fantastic for the country. Fantastic for everyone. We get to watch basketball again. It's going to be a great time. And then yesterday goes down. The words of Lee, not so fast, my friend. Okay, here we go. And then, I'll admit it as well, when I read who it is, I go, oh, geez, here we go with this. When I hear it's Kyrie Irving going, well, you know, I think we really should have a chance to talk about this. Well, wait a minute, didn't you guys sign this? You guys signed an agreement. I don't even think it's the fine print. I would tell you to read the fine print, but this isn't even fine print. It's right then and there. It's it's right in front of you. Well, some guys weren't available to sign the contract. What do you mean some guys weren't available to sign the contract? What else were you doing? You signed the contract when the country was in a lockdown. Where, where, what were your other priorities? What were, what was happening back then? This is a month ago. What are we doing? 
huh, makes you wonder. So immediately I get upset, but I, I want to hear him out because when I read Adrian Wojnarowski and the writing says, Irving has forced a reputation as a disruptor within his NBA career, and that's emerging again at this crucial moment for the NBA. Irving's stance has pitted himself against the league's establishment one more time, including his former Cavaliers teammate LeBron James. Their significant, their significant support to resume the season along with the league's superstars, most of whom are on playoff contenders, and Irving seems to be relishing the clash. It's immediately going to get the fans against him. Immediately going to go in a different direction. Now, I'm not sure if we have this right off the rip, because I sent Pirno on a, on a wild goose chase. So Pirno just whisper in my ear, if we have it, we have it. If we don't, we don't. Yeah, but I heard Michael Kasky Blomain, who is of CBS Sports on with Robin Lumberg just before the show started here today. And Pirano did a hell of a job getting this audio because I, I, I had to do an interview myself. And so I wanted this audio because I, I got to hear both sides before I go shooting from the hip over God knows what. Here's Michael Kasky Blomain on with Robin Lumberg, kind of explaining where Kyrie Irving might be coming from. Go. So I do think that there's a, a large faction of the players that also feel like that, that they could, you know, do both. That playing doesn't mean that, you know, mutually exclusive, that they can also continue to, you know, make the, the statements in terms of the social justice thing that they feel is very important, given the timing and the climate of the country. And I think ultimately that's probably the direction where the, the things are going to go, that they will end up playing. But there's going to be a unified front on the players in terms of, you know, not only coming back, but in terms of what they do when they come back in order to continue uh, to carry the message for social justice and to make sure that it doesn't get lost in box scores and highlights and stats. I think that's one of the big concerns that if the game comes back, you know, the national attention, which right now has been pretty well locked into, uh, you know, all, this, all the things going across the country in terms of social reform, I think the concern is that if, you know, you start bringing back basketball, that some of that's going to get lost. But I think that there's a way that both things can be done, and I think ultimately that's what the players are going to try to accomplish. All right. Makes sense. Again, that's Michael Kasky, Blomain here, more of that, CBSSportsRadio.com. Okay, that makes sense. Bringing this up makes sense. Because at first yesterday, I'm here, well, you know, they want they want to be able to move around Orlando. Well, they wanted to be able to move around Orlando. Isn't this supposed to be for everybody's safety? Then, the, and then well, no, they're, they're afraid for their safety because you got people who are able to move around Orlando and move around the area, but they're coming into their bubble. Then it went back to no, they they really want they don't want to be in bubbles. They want to be able to move around the area on days off and things like that. Well, which one is it? Then I read this. Now Kyrie Irving, the guy who says it. If Kyrie Irving's the guy who says it, immediately a lot of fans again, just like I, myself when I first read it was Kyrie, we roll our eyes because Kyrie's the messenger and Kyrie is far from a perfect messenger. And yes, I know the the flat Earth jokes got brought up and. And, and God knows what else gets brought up about Kyrie Irving. It was all there. But the messenger usually isn't perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect messenger towards anything. Michael Kasky Blomain says that they will more than likely start the season again, and they will have this, and this is maybe a bump in the road. But what Kyrie Irving is wanting to do is to bring some relevancy to this and, and to at least make sure that everybody's on the up and up in this. Okay, fair. That's absolutely fair. Because at first, I wanted to just go nuts and do what I usually do and get upset and get worked into a shoot and start yelling and screaming and doing everything else. I can't do it yet because now you do have an opportunity. Whether I agree wholeheartedly with Kyrie Irving on all issues or not, that, that's, 
that's not the big issue here. And we'll have James Herbert joining us at 11.40 a.m. Eastern to talk a little bit about this from CBSSports.com, and hopefully we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit further. But what the NBA is going to have here is if they're able to start this on time, then Kyrie Irving makes a salient point, does he not? That if the NBA is able to start on time, and while players have looked fantastic over this, and the owners have looked good over this time, getting a deal done, getting basketball back in play, getting something that people can look forward to, and now you will be, at least for a little bit, maybe the only thing going. If you're able to do that, then what Kyrie Irving's saying is true. You can push your cause. You can bring your cause to light. You can do that. Every day, every way, every way, how there will be a time in, in the next year, the next two years, where, yes, there will be 82 basketball games, and there will be road games, and there will be home games, and, and there's going to be a, a tight travel plan, and there will again be people in locker rooms and, 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 and microphones stuck in faces in locker rooms and all those other things. But you will still have that springboard to push your cause based on this. Because now you'll have the world's eyes. There will be people who just don't watch basketball because they don't like basketball or they don't like the NBA or for whatever reason, they, they just don't like it. But you will have the world's eyes. So you have an opportunity. So I'm glad I got that little bit given us by uh, Michael Kasky Blomain because that clears up a lot and I don't want to go shoot my mouth off right at the beginning of the show. That's for damn sure. So we'll get more on that. But, yeah, you have an opportunity now to do some real good, make some real change, affect real change if you want to, or continue to affect real change if you want to, all from a great spot. If you so choose, you don't always have to speak if you don't want to. It's up to the player. It's up to the public figure. If they have to speak, they can feel they can speak or they can stay, They can remain silent if they want to. But Kyrie Irving does bring up a point. I wish I could go against him. I wish I could say that Kyrie Irving doesn't make a point because there's so many times where he goes off on God knows what of a tangent. He doesn't seem to make a point whatsoever. But if this is the truth, and yeah, I know, it just always seems like here comes Kyrie and it's always going to be what he does make a point. So we'll get more into that coming up with, with James Herbert coming up at 1140 a.m. Eastern. What do I want to get to today? Well, I think if he can play, then he deserves a shot. But there's only so many places that make sense. Pete Carroll was on his Zoom conference earlier this week, said that he regrets not signing Colin Kaepernick in 2017. It even goes as far as to say that there were a couple of people calling him up earlier this week inquiring about Colin Kaepernick, the player and the person. Go ahead and hit that audio. If you the could. fact that it didn't work out, it, it, you know, for us, you know, I figured he was he's going to wind up starting somewhere for sure, and it just didn't happen. So I, I, the rest of that story is, is, is one that I, I regret that that didn't happen in some fashion. I wish we would have contributed to it because the guy deserved to play. I thought at the time, it just in our situation as a backup Man, I didn't. I didn't feel it was right to, at that time. He could have been a, a fantastic player in a program. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And then when you look back, I, I felt like we missed the opportunity. And, and so as I look back at it, I wish we, we could have figured it out and known known what we know now and give him the chance because uh, you know I would love to see him play football all those years. 
Now, I start to wonder which one of those teams ended up calling him up over this last week because there's, th- there's a possibility of 31 other teams. It seems to be pretty interesting to see which team would call him up because there's plenty of teams that need quarterbacks there. Pete Carroll brings up something that, gosh, if I were calling Kaepernick's lawyer, I'd kind of want to sue again because now you've just admitted that, well, it seems that there were definitely a lot of teams that didn't want didn't to take a look at him for maybe blackballing back then, and now all of a sudden, well, hey, want to give him an opportunity because, you know, a 32-year-old quarterback who's still in decent shape who might have something under the hood still where he did not have a bad year even though he was on a lousy football team in 2016. Maybe they'd want to kick the tires on that quarterback. I mean, hell, we give plenty of opportunities to all these other garbage quarterbacks in the league, all these other nameless, faceless quarterbacks that look like they were built on the same conveyor belt year after year after year and then just packaged and put out there, and they're basically generic quarterbacks. You got your franchise guys, and I've made this analogy a couple of times. You got your franchise guys, and that's that's your big name brand stuff. That's your Kellogg's Corn Flakes. That's the stuff that gets pushed. But when I go to the store, and when most people go to the store, and you know I could I could spend five bucks on this box of Kellogg's Corn Flakes, or down there, you know that's that's three fifty, and that gets the job done. There's been plenty of quarterbacks like that. So now that we have this here, you know that there's a possibility where people have been very interested in Colin Kaepernick and, oh, I don't know, maybe somebody from the executive office said, no, (laughs) no, he got his money, he got what he wanted, now we'll give this dog and pony show this silly silly workout and a week 11 workout, we'll give him one of those. Fine, great, wonderful. Now we're cooking with gas here. We got something here. I say have a workout. Can he throw? Can he move? What shape is he in? In 2016, and when, the reason I bring this up, I'm not saying to start. I don't think he could start right off the rip. God, I think it would put him in a horrible spot if he were to start right off the rip. But if I were to just give you his stats in 2016 and take away any of the other things, take away the name, take away all the history, take away everything, and I just gave you plain stats, unless your quarterback is Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or a handful of others, Probably two-thirds of the fan base is listening out there. We go, I'd kick the tires on that guy. So he played in 2016 in the NFL. Yeah, he played on a lousy team. 59.2% completion. 2,200 yards, though. 12 games. Hey, not too terrible. 16 touchdowns, four picks, takes care of the football. Hell, I made huge arguments for Tyrod Taylor once only on just keep taking care of the football. Takes care of the ball. Give him a shot as a backup. Well, it's Colin Kaepernick. Ooh, ooh, easy. Oh, okay. Doesn't make any sense at all. So you can have a workout, and I think you should have a workout. Can he throw? Can he still throw? Can he move? Can he still move? What type of shape is, is he in? I imagine he's probably still in pretty good shape. I imagine that something has came off his fastball. He's 32 years old. He hasn't played in quite a while. Something has came off there. But I'm not asking him to start. I'm asking him to possibly be a backup to fulfill a roster, and that this could be the best opportunity ever for both sides, not just for Colin Kaepernick. If he wants to play football, because I'm not sure if he still does or not, it seems that he does want to, and certainly for the NFL. If he can play, let him play, because now you have a, you have a wonderful situation set up for him. You're going to have a training camp that could be abbreviated. You could only have two regular you could only have two preseason games instead of the usual four. Regardless, if you have a training camp, there's not going to be fans at the training camp, which is something that teams have already started to do before any of this started, because they don't want people with their camera phones out there, but you're not going to have fans, or you're not going to have cheers and jeers and all the other things that, that start to distract, quote unquote, distract from winning. 
You're not going to have the international media coming in. There might be some cameras involved, obviously. Maybe they'll let camera people in, and there might be certain setup interviews, but you're not going to have the media scrums like you've had over the last umpteen years. That's not going to happen. And through the regular season, there will more than likely not be locker room access amongst the press. So you'll have some press conferences, maybe via Zoom, maybe in a building. You'll possibly have that. Other than that, you almost have a perfect situation for a football coach. You get maybe a talented player. We'll see what he still has left. You get a guy who will do what he can to learn the system because he's not going to go out there and try to embarrass himself. The guy still has an ego. The guy still has pride. He doesn't want to embarrass himself out there in the football stadium, out there in the football field. And remember, you're going into a stadium where you might have 20,000 people in certain areas, maybe zero in certain areas, depending on what happens. I, I think you'll play football. I think it's a giant TV show. But if you're going to pick a year, folks, this year's as good as any year to do it. For a return for Colin Kaepernick, this is as good a year as any time to do it. Limited fans, limited media for a football team, and I'm talking football in general, limited distraction. You can get out the message that you want to. It's a better chance for you. It's a better chance for Colin. I can't hide what might happen in 2021, but at least I can ease it in. In 2021, more than likely we'll have stadiums full of fans, and and, and more than likely, I, I'm, I'm hoping, this is a hope. I, I can't guarantee, I'm not Dr. Fauci here, but I could hope that we'll more than likely have stadiums full of fans and we'll have people who are getting rowdy and tailgating and getting loaded before and, and, and having some fun. And, yep, they're going to see number seven down there, and they might let number seven hear it, and some of those idiots might get thrown out of there. Who knows? But he's still going to have to deal with some of the jeers and cheers and all the other things. But you've had a year to calm that down now. So maybe it's not as big of a deal when the media is allowed to return and the fans are allowed to return. And maybe in 2021, we start to open up some of these camps again towards the fans, which they're very close. This is the perfect time for the NFL and the perfect time for Colin Kaepernick if you want to make a return. The ball's in his court now. But there are certain places that are better fits than others. I think about their organizations. I think about how they've handled things before, how they've handled questions before, how they've handled controversies before, how they've handled success in the past. I think of five great fits, and I think there's more, but I thought about the top five, and I thought about the worst fits. The best fits to me, I'll say for you for a second, my worst fits for it, I think Chicago, if you go to a place that already you have a quarterback that by week one, if he plays bad in week one, I think fans are going to want him out of there. And I think a lot of people, even in the front office, might want him out of there. You have a quarterback that plays week one. You could have a situation where Colin Kaepernick goes in as the number two quarterback. Is he ready to play right then and there? And then there will be heat to play Colin Kaepernick, especially if Mitch Trubisky goes out there and struggles. Cleveland, young coach, same thing. Quarterback where this is a make-or-break year for him, I think that could be a very tough scenario for Colin Kaepernick to walk in. Plus, the organization has been... Not very much up. It's pretty much been in shambles a whole lot of ways over the last 20 years. The Jets, Giants, I think they're in the same situation. Adam Gase is not well-liked amongst regular fans of the NFL. Sam Darnold, this is really a make-or-break year for him as well. Came on strong at the end of last season. The Giants, the same thing. Gettleman, people are iffy on. Joe Judge is a first-year head coach. Daniel Jones is going into his second year. Showed some promise in year one, but we'll see on that. And if he struggles, again, will people want to put him in too soon? Houston, people are looking for reasons to get rid of Bill O'Brien. I think it's a powder keg. 
My best fits, I'll tell you when we come back. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I think there are five great fits for Colin Kaepernick. Where's the best fit to you for Colin Kaepernick? 855-212-4CBS. Coming up at 1040, Jared Diamond, Wall Street Journal. We'll talk baseball with him. How close is there to making a deal? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Jared Diamond, Wall Street Journal, less than 20 minutes away. We'll talk to him about Major League Baseball coming back. Also, I didn't get – it's Marco Belletti. That's right, bingo. Marco Belletti coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's Pete McCarthy. Well, Ryan wrote Marco Belletti. Pete, if you're there, I'm sorry, babe. He wrote Marco Belletti. Well, you know why? Because uh, Marco's wife gave birth yesterday. So it was she a did. less It was a last-minute switch on the schedule. Boy or girl. Do we I know? Ch- I forgot what it was. Well, hopefully whatever it is is happy and healthy and everybody's doing well. I didn't even know Marco's wife was pregnant. Everyone's doing well. Marco sent me a picture this morning. So, well, if he sent you a picture. Well, that's you- what. Yeah. I, well, um, babies, you can't really tell. You can't really tell. It's a girl, Madeline. All right, Madeline. That's a nice name. Uh, people don't believe this. Uh, believe this when I say this. We have three boys, and my youngest is just over a year old. And guys don't believe it. I'm like, I wanted a girl. I really wanted a girl. And then I see, because some of my buddies, they have like teenage daughters now. Because <laughs> cats in the cradle, man. You start to get a little older. And I see the way that some of those teenage daughters like play mind games with their fathers. And I'm like, man, I am glad. I am glad. Because there's no, I don't have to play mind games with boys. Get your ass up to your room. Like my dad is like, you really want to test me? You want to do this? Let's go. Like it was one of those things. I can't do that to a girl. You can't do that. It's all mind games. And I can, I can play some emotional warfare if I really want to, some mental warfare. I really think I can. I, I, I will turn my house into apocalypse now if I have a daughter someday. I really wanted a daughter. But now I'm like, eh, eh. But guys, don't believe me when I say it. I did. Well, congratulations to him. Congratulations to Marco. I will send him a text as soon as I possibly can because I did not even know, and I want to wish him congratulations. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Also, we'll talk to James uh, Herbert coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. And at 12.40 p.m. Eastern, one of my favorites, Bill Bender, they were ranking college coaches. uh, Conference by conference by conference. And one of these coaches I have to ask Bill about He covers the Big Ten. He covers college football for the sporting news. He covers the Big Ten as well. And when you have a coach who's saying he has a blind spot, I don't think you can afford to have a blind spot in 2020. One of the best things about this going on, there are good things that will come of this. One of these things is that college coaches are going to have to start. Big-time college coaches. There are plenty of good college coaches out there that are in tune with their players, who understand what their player or try to understand. They can't fully understand, but they try to understand what their players have gone through in their lives. These guys are actually going to have to start earning a paycheck again. Because in the NFL, yes, it's win. Win by all costs. Your job is to win. That's what you're paid for. You're paid for my entertainment. Your job is to win. In, the, in college football and high school football, yeah, you're paid to win. In certain states, you're definitely paid to win in high school football, but you also have to understand that you're dealing with young people here. And part of your role as a coach is not just to coach and win football games, it's also to be a mentor as well. And what I read, what I read, what Kirk Ferentz said, I'm like, man, that's, that's as ugly as what it's always been. 
855-212-4CBS. I gave you the worst fits for Colin Kaepernick. We'll get back into this a little bit later on. I think my best fits for Colin Kaepernick are, I think Baltimore would be a tremendous place for Colin Kaepernick. Forward-thinking head coach, strong organization. They've been through bad situations before. They've been through good situations before. Great success. You got the good hardball out of that spot in John who really knows how to make quarterback situations work. You can run that type of offense. Colin could do a good job. You have an offensive line that even without with with losing Marshall Yonda because of the because of retirement where you can still be able to protect him. I still have faith in their offensive line. I still have faith in their system where if you needed to play Colin Kaepernick, you could take care of him and, and, and run an offense. Your defense has been built the right way. I think you can do it. I think New England would be a great spot for Colin Kaepernick because of Belichick, because of the story, because of what has gone on in that area with the Torrey Hunter story happening over this last week. It might do well for that. There's a lot of good things that could come from him playing in New England. I actually think Philadelphia would be a great spot for him. Similar style quarterbacks with he and Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson is a good offensive mind. They've proven they've been through a lot themselves with their own front office. They've been through it. Howie Roseman has done a terrific job as a general manager. They've done a terrific job as an organization over the last how many years. They were a ship adrift for a moment, and they've brought it back. I think Philadelphia will be a great spot for Colin Kaepernick. Going back to San Francisco with Shanahan, ownership is always going to be a question mark. They're not out of the woods yet. Jed York's still learning. He's not his uncle just yet. But the organization seems strong. John Lynch seems to do a good job. Kyle Shanahan runs the show. He's doing a fine job. I think he could be a backup to Jimmy Garoppolo. The only thing that, that, that stops me from doing that is that there's a lot of fans outside of San Francisco who really want Jimmy Garoppolo replaced. And there seems to be some fans in San Francisco who want Jimmy Garoppolo replaced. When Trent Williams was asked the question, can you win with Jimmy Garoppolo, I shuddered. To be asked a question, can you win with a Super Bowl quarterback, is almost an asinine question. The only reason it might not be asinine is because Jared Goff had a backslide. And the number five spot, and I think this will be surprising considering what happened last week, I think that this is one of the most powerful head coaches in the NFL. You've had major rule changes because of him. You have a good, strong front office. The ownership group, the family that runs this football team is good. It is a good city for a person like like Colin Kaepernick. It is a city that that rallies around its football team, unlike in certain cases, unlike anything we've seen in our in our history. And I'm talking not just in sports, but in society as well. I think that Colin Kaepernick would be great in New Orleans, backing up Drew Brees. I know that they say Taysom Hill's the future of their franchise. That guy is 30 years old and has thrown 15 passes in his career. I simply don't believe them. I would put Colin Kaepernick number two right behind Drew Brees right now. Drew Brees will more than likely play most of the year. Colin Kaepernick can sit, learn again, get ready, and then by 2021, maybe he has an opportunity. Maybe it's a great story. Any one of these stories that I tell you, they're going to be met with eye rolls out there. But if he's going to get an opportunity, these, I think, are the best fit. We'll get back into that a little bit later on. Coming up next, Jared Diamond going to join us. Wall Street Journal will talk about hopefully a deal in baseball. And what could stick around if a deal is done permanently? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern, we'll talk to James Herbert, brilliant 
NBA writer. I mean, absolutely brilliant NBA writer. Also, I want to remind you, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. It's sponsored by GEICO. Geico's introduced the Geico Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. I've told you before about my uh, my wife's friend from high school who's our insurance agent. He actually offered to, to make me charge or offered to charge me 15% more. Geico's going to save you 15%. He wants to charge me 15% more. He has to take his 18-year-old girlfriend back out to the Saxon Club now that it's opened up again. That's what I deal with now, folks. Don't make the same mistake I did. Get to Geico. You're not going to regret it. Again, 1140, we'll talk to James Herbert, uh, CBSSports.com. We'll talk NBA with him. Right now, joining us on the hotline, one of my very favorites. And I, Jared, I want to apologize to you to start things off. Because when the virus hit, they were like, hey, we don't want anybody coming in. We're going to put you on hiatus. We're going to put the weekends on hiatus. I says, okay, that's fine. And the very next weekend, because your book was dropping, I was going to have you on the show. And I never got to have you on the show. Your book, Swing Kings, is out. I got to ask you, one, how's it doing and how much did you enjoy writing the book, Jared? Jared Diamond joining us from the Wall Street Journal National Baseball Writer there. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, it's been great. Look, it's, uh, I wish there were baseball going on. I didn't anticipate releasing my first book uh, right at the beginning of what would turn into an enormous global crisis. Uh, but, you know... I'm finding an audience, and uh, it still is a thrill to write and a thrill to put out. And, you know, Father's Day is coming up, and hopefully baseball is coming back soon, and I'm hoping that audience will just continue to grow. I'm a father, but I can barely read and write, so maybe I'll get it, but maybe I won't. We'll see how that goes down. Uh, it is it is an inside look at the home run revolution. That's what's on the cover of it. I saw a side-by-side, Jared. You'll find this interesting. They had three, you know, they had Mike Trout and a couple other hitters, and their approach and, and their follow-through compared to Mickey Mantle. It was almost the same. Uh, what has changed? And I, I know you don't want to give away everything in the book, but what has changed? Because I always thought, well, it's launch angles, it's trajectory. Well, it hasn't been that. Well, what's what's changed there, buddy? Well, for great hitters like you mentioned, Mike Trout, Mickey Mantle, nothing has really changed. The the change is that we're starting to realize that great hitters, the best hitters of all time, have all swung and gone about their business in roughly the same way, and that way is not necessarily what we've been teaching to children, to high school kids, to college kids and even the pros, and that is a swing that is not down, it's not level, it's a swing that's up, it's a swing that's designed to hit the ball in the air consistently, and yet anyone that's played literally, including myself, was taught, well, you want to hit the ball on the ground. Uh, Well, Mike Trout does not try to hit the ball on the ground, he tries to hit the ball in the air, Ted Williams tried to hit the ball in the air, so did Mickey Mantle, and now we're starting to realize that, and teaching a swing that's different, more along those lines. Jared Diamond joining us on the show. Follow him on Twitter, at Jared Diamond, author of a new book coming out. It's great, or it's already out. It's great, Swing Kings. Uh, You can find it just about anywhere, I'm sure. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up in a moment. But you're a national baseball writer for the Wall Street Journal, which is interesting because they follow money, they follow Wall Street, and we're following money right now when it comes to the players and the owners. All right, give me a percentage of, of baseball being played in 2020. Will there be baseball played in 2020? Yes. Uh, I'm 100% certain there will be some baseball played in 2020, but there's a big difference about what that baseball is going to look like. Is it going to be baseball where the parties want to be there, or is it baseball where the players don't? And there is 
a big difference. The idea of a 50-game season with players that don't want to be there, it's a bad outcome for any for everybody. And there is still a way, there's still time for the two sides to come to an agreement, maybe get 70, 75 games with players that are relatively happy. Uh, I'm just not so sure at this point if they're going to be able to get to that place. Why? What is what is really sticking in, in, in the way of all this stuff? I, I know we've talked about it a couple times, but can you give me – a bit of a synopsis of of it all. At the end of the day, what it is, is that the baseball owners do not want to pay players their full prorated salaries for more than, say, 50 games or 48 games. And the players are saying, well, we have this agreement that says we have to be paid our full prorated salaries. We're not obligated to accept a, a cent less. And just because you, the owners, no longer want that deal or like that deal doesn't mean we're going to reopen it for you. So that's really the dispute. It really just comes down to, at this point, Major League Baseball saying that they cannot afford to play more than 50 games unless the players take a pay cut that they're not obligated to take and seems very clear that they're not going to take. You believe the owners? That they can't afford to play more than 50 games? Of course not. I don't think anybody does. That's (laughs) the dispute. Uh, I believe that they will make less money if they play fewer games, I believe that maybe they will even lose money if they play more games. But will they go broke? Will it have some meaningful impact on their business and lives if they have to play 25 more games at full prorated salary, go from 50 to 75? No, of course not. And the other thing about this is that they come to an agreement, the owners get expanded playoffs, which will not happen without a deal. If Major League Baseball just imposes a season there is no expanded postseason. With an agreement, though, there very likely is, and they could go out and sell those games for tens of millions of dollars. So uh, I would love for the owners to completely open up their books, and if there's no agreement, the players' union will file a grievance that could finally lead to us seeing really what the owners are making or not making. Jared Diamond joining us, Wall Street Journal, national baseball writer. Is baseball in trouble of – losing fans could they possibly be losing fans well they certainly aren't gaining new fans that's a question that's no question about it i am sure there are some fans i mean i'm positive i know these people big hardcore baseball fans they're so disgusted by what's gone on over the last couple of weeks here that they're not even excited about the possibility of baseball coming back i know a lot of people are not interested in a season that is sort of imposed upon the players by the league with a workforce that feels aggrieved. Uh, There's a lot of fans that feel that way. But even despite all of that, at the end of the day, the hardcore fans, the vast majority will come back. Baseball had this great opportunity to attract new fans. There was a, a world where baseball was back opening day around July 4th, would have had the entire month of July all to itself on TV. Every American sports fan that's been desperate for something would have been watching baseball for weeks in July. What a chance to grow the game. And they have completely blown that. So now, even if they come back, uh, any sort of positive, goodwill, part of the recovery baseball could have been, that ship is long sailed. Because I was thinking, man, July 4th weekend, what a moment it would be. Huh? I, I mean, I hate to be like Hank Hill over here and start dreaming about things, but what a weekend it would be, and it seems like they've ruined that. I, I want to know, and, and this isn't even just a now question with everything going on in America. It's, it's, it's historical almost. 
What has been the disconnect, Jared? Because uh, my my son's five years old. Baseball's the first sport he played. T-ball's the first sport he played. He, he seems to take a liking to it. He enjoys when we go out in the yard and I, I pitch to him and he hits and, and he likes baseball. He likes the Cleveland Indians, it seems. I, my first love was the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I'm from Northeast Ohio, and, and all of a sudden things change. Why why does that change over the course of time for a lot of people when it seemed to not change in my father's generation or my grandfather's generation? Hmm. Yeah, look, it, this is a very complicated question that baseball is really wrestling with. And I think there's a, there's a whole bunch of things. We could probably spend hours talking about this. There's no question that the length and pace of the games – today is a meaningful factor in this. I mean, baseball games last year averaged about three hours and ten minutes. Uh, it's just too long. And I know there's some sort of purists that hate to have this conversation that think, oh, it's just media people complaining about having to be at work longer. It's really not about that. The reality is a baseball game doesn't need to take three hours and ten minutes. There doesn't need to be as much downtime in between pitches, in between at-bats, uh, in between balls and play. That's certainly a factor. And then you get into the issue of participation. You know, baseball is still the most participated in sports by kids under the age of 12, 12 and under, then little league age. But at age 13, participation in baseball plummets. It just completely drops off. That's the age where kids go from the little league field to the regulation size field. A lot of kids just physically aren't able to play on that size field at age 13. And all of a sudden, that interest goes away, and you couple that with the, the slow, sort of languid pace of MLB, and uh, baseball has a demographics problem on its hands. Jared Diamond joining us on the show, author of Swing Kings, also Wall Street Journal national baseball writer. Are there any changes that could happen in a shortened season that could be that could be permanent in a regular 162 game schedule in 2021 and beyond? That's another uh, good point you bring up because it has to do with whether they come to an agreement or not. If they don't come to an agreement and Rob Manfred had to impose a season on the players, nothing changes. It is a, a traditional, typical baseball season, just 50 games. There'll be nothing new. If they are able to come to a deal, part of that deal will very likely involve some rule changes, some experiments, things that you kind of play around with. And for me, if I'm baseball, I desperately want that. But this is this great opportunity hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, where you could try anything you want. No one will have any problems with it because the season is so short and everyone sort of accepts that it's not a quote-unquote real season. So you could try, you know, putting runners on base uh, in extra innings to start the inning. You could try a pitch clock. You could try a robot strike. And you could try whatever you want, knowing that it's just sort of a one-time deal. If you try a dozen things, maybe one or two of them are good and you could keep that going permanently. But you're not going to know unless you try. And that's a, another reason why I think it benefits baseball to come to an agreement with the players here. Could there be, and I know I'm running out of time, but i gotta, I got to fit this in as well. Texas, though, a lot of fans and stands coming up. It seems that the state of Ohio, you know, if, I, if I'm Paul Dolan or I'm Castellini in Cincinnati, I know that maybe the owners might come together and say, well, if, if one can't have fans in the stands and the others can't have fans in the stands, but they've never shared that revenue. And if I were one of these teams that were allowed to have fans safely in the stands, I would tell some of these other markets to go pound sand. I, I need to make some money up here. Yeah, it's a possibility. I, I know baseballs are indicating that they're going to let local governments decide whether fans could be in the ballpark or not. Right now, Texas is the one. Uh, but I do know that Major League Baseball is not counting 
on that. I, I would say that they would be pleasantly surprised if there are fans in ballparks anywhere really this year, given uh, the trajectory once again of coronavirus cases in many states, including Texas and Arizona and Florida. Uh, look, they're hoping for the best, just like everybody is. But I know in the eyes of baseball, they're making their plans economically, assuming they will have no fans anywhere in attendance. And if that changes, that would be a great bonus for everybody. Can you get the book? You can get the book on Amazon, right? I, I wasn't false there when I said it, right? You could get the book on Amazon, independent bookstore websites. I think that I'm in Florida right now, and I think bookstores are open again. So uh, I haven't actually gotten to go into a bookstore and see the book on a shelf. So hopefully I get to do that before too long. God, that's got to be an incredible feeling. I hope you get to see it. Have you written books before? No, this is my first book. Oh, you got to get into a bookstore experience. and go look at it. I, I know. This has would... been a memorable experience. I have to write <laughs> another one just so I can have a big party like I, that I didn't get to have this time. Oh, that's true. All right, Jared, thank you very much again. The book is called Swing Kings. It's out everywhere. If you can get to a bookstore, go pick it up. It's fantastic. Jared, thanks for the time, buddy. All the best. You got it. Thanks. The great Jared Diamond joining us on the hotline. Uh, find him on Twitter at Jared Diamond, 855-2124-CBS. I, I know it's a it's a evolving thing, but if you're one of these flyover state owners, and I hate saying that because we talk to most of the flyover states, let's be serious here, but if you're one of the quote-unquote flyover state owners where things are open up and it seems that, yeah, well, I know we have spikes, but they're still going to open up things and it still seems like they're going to continue to open up things. If they are saying, well, you can have 5,000, 8,000 people in a 40,000-seat stadium, I think you have to take that into into account. I don't know if there's any sort of agreement among, amongst owners, it doesn't seem that there would be, where you don't share that revenue anyway. If you want to make up a little bit, it, it's still a little bit you can make up. If football seems that it's going to open up, Late season baseball, why not? 855-2124-CBS coming up in just under an hour. James Herbert will talk NBA with us. Up next, you know what? If I'm getting tired of it, I got to imagine you're getting tired of it as well. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 